0: Telling a compelling life-transforming story or how I killed Dadzilla on episode 237 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Hello, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. A pleasure and a privilege to have you join me today here on this, the podcast, where we look to offer a good word to you to help you to navigate adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We come to you from the Loft Studios Just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a rainy, uh, dreary day today here on the 12th of January. And we're coming to you here uh, today to offer a good word into your life to help you to grow through what you go through. And that's our purpose here at Beyond Adversity. As we look uh, to be helpful to you. This is episode number 237. Here in our sixth season of existence, we have, we're doing a process where we're doing uh, two, uh, an interview, two or three uh, episodes each week. And we take an interview where we set up the issue mm-hmm. and we speak to it in the interview that we do. Then I have some teaching about it here on our third episode of the week. So this week we were very privileged to have as our special guest the uh, from the podcast what was that like? Snip Scott Johnson and he was here with us on episodes number 235 and 236 and we were talking this week about storytelling and that's what I want to talk to you about here today. Scott set us up. He talked about the importance of storytelling as he talks to some very fascinating guests that he has on his podcast who uh, speak to very dramatic things that have happened and some fun and, and, uh, and, and silly things that have happened as well. He's had uh, people who were trapped on a mountain on Mount Everest and an earthquake came and people's lost their lives into from extremes like that to people who, you know, drove the Oscar Mayer Wintermobile. Uh, for a living, and talks about their stories, talks about the being empathetic to their stories, listening to stories, and the power of stories to transform. What I wanted to tell you today is a little bit of a story about my life and how I have an st- important story in my life that goes to uh, why I created the uh, Beyond Adversity podcast and important for me in my teaching and my leadership that I hope to, to do, uh, with, w- with you, with you as we go along here. I call it Killing Dadzilla. Now, I'm a, a pastor. I'm a retired pastor. 42 years in ministry in local churches from very small, tiny churches to large churches with several hundred people attending. And one of the privileges I've had in my ministry career I don't know exactly how many, but probably the neighborhood of 200 or more weddings that I've uh, been able to be a part of in my ministry career. And uh, oftentimes it's a joyous occasion. Many times it's it's a wonderful thing, especially if I know the couple and got to know them. It's a great thing. I love it. I love it. Other times it kind of shoots a weekend, it kind of shoots a Friday night and a Saturday if it's... uh, If it's something I don't feel that good about, especially if there was a bridezilla or a momzilla involved. You know know what I mean by that? Someone who was so involved with things and so uptight and so engaged and so uh, uh, frustrated with the minutia of the wedding that they forgot what the meaningfulness of the wedding itself was about. And sometimes they were just a pain in the rear. You've heard that time bridezilla and maybe even momzilla before and how they, if they are too involved, basically they can ruin the wedding. (laughs) And I did my best as a pastor to conduct the weddings and have control and to try to control the kind of stuff. But sometimes it just happened. And I remember, you know, having a one bride who was so totally consumed with her dress and how she looked in her dress that she really paid no attention there to anything else as well. And I remember another mom wanting to just deal with every little minute thing and was calling me all the time. And it was really not a lot of fun. There's one wedding though, that I had one wedding that I was a part of that was more intense than any other wedding experience that I ever had. And that's where it involved me very personally. And it's where I had a fear myself of this whole Zilla thing. A few years ago my daughter came to me and said dad I've uh, been going with my with my fiance for a long time now and I'd like for you to conduct the wedding I'd like for you to have the wedding and not only that dad but I want you to walk me down the aisle and to have my first dance at the wedding reception now a lot of dads would be thrilled about that, and I indeed was thrilled. But my overriding sense of uh, a sense of that moment was doom. I felt I was as fearful as I have almost ever been in my entire life by what happened, and uh, by her asking me to perform her her wedding, to have her wedding, and to be involved with that. And this was uh, this was several months prior to the actual date of the wedding when she asked me about nine ten months prior to the wedding date, It was going to be in the summertime. And this was in the fall. And I felt I, of course, I agreed to it, and I was thrilled on one level, but I had this fear, and it was unnatural fear based on some of my past experiences. And God, man, I'm going to do something to screw this up. You know what I'm going to be? I'm afraid that I'm going to be Dadzilla. I'm going to be the dad to screw up the wedding and make it the worst day ever. And the one thing I wanted more than anything else was to do my part to make that wedding day my daughter's best day ever. But there was a lot of pressure on me. At least I felt it. And the pressure was, is that I didn't feel ready on many different levels to do this, to, to participate in the wedding. Because it involved... Not only doing the vows and also, you know, doing the vows and helping with that and, and doing the vows, which is the most important thing, but also meant walking her down the aisle. And I just had this fear that I was going to trip and do a header into the front row. And there was financial considerations to to think about because this was a big, 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 big wedding. And, you know, there, I had was doing my part uh, as a father of the bride to pay for the wedding, and that was some pressure there. With 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 that, there was also uh, the matter. There was some family dynamics. My daughter was from a prior marriage, and there was some family dynamics I had to consider, which kind I was uneasy about, had to say the least. Then there was also the matter of the uh, toast of the bride speech from the, the father of the bride speech, which I felt like, you know, I got to kill that. I got to knock that thing out of the park. But you know what scared me more than anything else? What's the... Fu- <laughs> Here's what scared me more than anything else. It was the uh, the dance. The father, bride, father, the bride dance. Now, I like to dance and I have a lot of fun with it. But we were going to do a quite involved uh, choreographed dance. And I was not prepared for that. And I was truly fearful, almost paralyzed with fear that I was going to step on her dress or fall down or do something stupid. Basically the whole thing, I'm usually pretty cool and calm and collected about most things. Most things don't face me. But the fact of doing my water, my, my daughter's wedding really kind of got to me and I fell into a state of depression. My depression led me to gain some significant amount of weight. My depression led me to a bad place spiritually. My depression led me to make some poor decisions in other aspects of my life and to be in a bad place. But here's what I knew. I knew that I did not want to be Dadzilla. I was not going to do that. And so about five months before the wedding in February of the year before she got married in June. I just had a little talk to myself. I went went to God I had a little prayer time. I had a little come to Jesus moment and come to myself moment. And I said, okay, we got to do this. We got to change. We got to change now. I do not want to be Dodzilla, God, the dadzilla of this wedding. So I am determined to kill dadzilla and create everything I can do to make this the best day of my daughter's life. So I got to work. I got up at five o'clock in the morning. I got with a partner and we did a workout together. That started the process of me changing my uh, diet and exercise regimen to be very disciplined about it. And I got in shape and I lost a bunch of weight before the wedding. I met with some good friends and counselors to deal with my emotional state. I met with some personal friends of mine. I shared my heart with them and they gave me some reflection and some leadership and guidance and just bucked me up a little bit. That helped me with my emotional state. I got prepared on a spiritual state. I met with uh, a spiritual director, a spiritual counselor, helped me with that process a little bit. I had a lot more time in the Bible. I'm going to tell you about another story from the Bible here in just a minute. I got that going. I got more serious about my prayer life. I began to journal more. I began to do this. I I was taking action to kill Dadzilla and to lift up my daughter in her wedding. And I also took, (laughs) I took dance lessons. I took ballroom dance lessons, both with my daughter. I had dance lessons with my daughter and dance lessons with my wife. And I practiced the dance myself. This was a four-minute choreographed dance that we did with a mashup of several songs on it. And I practiced that dance probably well over a thousand times on my own. And I had lessons. I took action. Okay, here's the thing, friends. I became determined I was going to change my life to kill Dadzilla. And to make this my daughter's best day ever. I was not going to say stuck in my depression, stuck in my physical state. And on her, when her wedding day did roll around, and it was pretty cool. I'd lost 50 pounds in about four months. I felt I looked good and felt good physically, had good energy. I walked her down the aisle, didn't trip, had a great, it was an outdoor wedding, had a great, it was a beautiful June day. Flowers and trees everywhere. Walked her down the aisle, saw the family members of all the family and friends who were there, a lot of people there. It was pleasant. It was nice. We, When it came time for the vows, we exchanged the vows, and I didn't fumble at all. I had a little catch in my throat, I admit, because of the moment. But I didn't fumble the lines, which I was afraid I was going to do. When it came time for the fa- the toast after, the, and that went great. You know, we walked her out the aisle. And when it came time for the uh, father of the bride toast and speech, I have to say, I've given a lot of, you know, I've given a lot of sermons, a lot of public speeches in my life. But that was probably one of the most important ones. And without being sounding too big, you know, little big head, I nailed it. I was able to have the right emotion and the right inflection, the right memories, and the right things to say to her new husband and to the family. And it was there. It was a great speech. And then the dance came and the music played. My daughter and I got on the dance floor to she and I, and we swept around that dance floor and we glided. It was <laughs> and it was just amazing. It was great. It was great. And here is the thing, everybody. Here's what I want you to get. At the end of the day, the payoff was this. When my daughter said to me after the dance was over with, she looked at me and said, Dad, this is the greatest day of my life. And that was my payoff. That was my payoff. Now, I'm going to come back in a minute, everybody, to what that means to you and to me. This story because I knew at that moment, indeed, at that moment, I knew I had killed Dadzilla and I'd become the dad who helped make my daughter's day the greatest day of her life. Now I told you I'm a pastor, and so I want to come to these teachings that I do with a little spiritual element too, or a teaching element as well. And so I just want to lift up a biblical story that I think applies here because we're talking today about storytelling and about the power of a transformative story. I like to call it an exodus story, a story that calls you to move, to take 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 a to to move out of your place where you're imprisoned or in slavery to a place your promised life. Your exodus story. And the story about a wedding, uh, Jesus was at a wedding. And this from, if those of you want to look it up, it's from the gospel of John chapter two. It says, on the third day, there was a wedding that took place in a town called Cana in Galilee. And Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and the other disciples were there and they've been invited to the wedding. This is a big deal. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus said, woman, why do you bother me? My hour is not yet come. And his mother said to the servants around there, "Do whatever he tells you to do." And nearby there were six stones, and the, and Jesus said, "Fill up those six stones with water." So they were used for what was called ceremonial washing, and 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 they they did that, and they were they each held a lot of water, 20, 30 gallons of water. And Jesus said to the servants, "Fill the jars with water." And he said, now take the water, now draw some water out and give it to the master of the banquet. Most times that would, oftentimes that would have been the father of the bride. Okay. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water. They had been turned into wine and he did not realize where it had come from. Although the servants had drawn the water and then they called the bridegroom aside. and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you saved the best to last. And it goes on to say here, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs in which he revealed his glory and the disciples believed in him. Jesus had his moment, too, when I guess he could have been, you know, ruined the wedding by not changing the water to wine. But what did Jesus do? He kept the party going and he changed the direction of the party and they saved the best for last. Now here's a few lessons I want you to learn. Now, when you heard Scott Johnson this week on Beyond Adversity on episodes two thirty-five and two thirty-six, he talked about being a good listener, and how the power in a compelling story, and how a great story, when he talks to these people, helps oftentimes moves them from one direction to another, and I think that's the case. For me, my dad Zilla story helps me to learn that people can change in a relatively short amount of time if they focus on the mission at hand and they look forward to get it done, if they feel enough pain in what is happening to them to change, and you can do it when you focus. And I believe, kind of a biblical standpoint, you can change in 40 days, about six weeks, get yourself on a track to a new direction. I believe that. But I believe oftentimes this comes when we define our exodus story, our life change story, and apply that story to the things we do in our life. For me, my dadzilla, killing dadzilla story, indicates about the power I believe that you can change if you focus. And a part of the reason now I do the Beyond Adversity podcast is because I believe that you can get through whatever adversity that you face And come up to a better place. I like to call it the place of peace and prosperity and purpose or your promise given life. Like I promised my daughter I would give her everything I could do to make that the greatest day of her life, her wedding day. I was going to hold myself to that promise, even though I was going through depression and self-doubt and body image and emotional stuff and spiritual stuff. I determined that I was going to do it. So here's some of the five, here's some of the points I think we can learn from what Scott Johnson taught us this week, from the what was that like podcast episodes that we have from my story about Dadzilla and the wedding at Cana and about how you can create your story in your life. The first, I mean, these are C's things that you can read. If you want to write these down, I'll put them in, my, in our show notes at drbradmiller.com. First is to consider the problem at hand. Consider what it is. What's your issue? What's your issue? Consider it. Think about it. Consider it. But consider your issue. For me, it was the wedding of my daughter and how that was a moment that I knew I had to step up for Jesus' wedding. Came, it was the wedding that he was at. What is it for you? Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's a relationship issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's an end-of-life issue. Any number of things that can be. But consider what the problem is. Then you try to form your story based on that. You don't try. You do form your story based on what you want to get get beyond that. And so a great story, your excess story then, is compelling. So that's the second. The first C is considered the story. The second C is compelling. What is compelling about the story? To draw you in. To draw you in. For my story, it's about to get the dadzilla and all the things I had to do that this, or this terrible feeling I had that I want to kill dadzilla. And didn't want to ruin, be the guy who ruined my daughter's wedding. For the Jesus of the wedding in Cana, there was this big, big wedding feast. Jesus' mother was there, family, everybody knew it must have been a big, big deal. And the weddings in the, in the Holy Land times went on for days at a time. In fact, it says in the story, this was the third day of the wedding, which means the party had been going on for a while. So be considered the problem. We have a compelling story to tell. The third, the third thing is be, uh, compassionate. What is the emotional element? What draws you in? What is the empathy and sympathy of the moment? In my story, it was about the empathy of not wanting a dad to ruin his daughter's wedding and a daughter who wanted a great wedding and wanted her dad involved. That's part of it. Wedding to Kena, you have this whole situation of this wedding that's going on, and the mom, Jesus' mother, gets involved and kind of tells him, you know, do something, son, do something. There's some compelling or compassionate moments uh, about the, the story there that I think are important. The next thing is be composed. Your story should be well thought out. My mother's an English teacher, and she taught about being composed, and when you write something, when you do something, have a plan, have it thought out. Have a beginning, a middle, and an end to your story. Don't let it drag on. One of the things I've learned from years of preaching is, you know, when the horse is dead, dismount. You know, that is to have a story in a form, in a composed uh, situation. A beginning, a middle, and an end. And so in this case, you know, what was my problem prior to the wedding, my emotional state, in the middle was what I do about it, you know, with the actions I took, the preparation. And then the actual wedding itself was the end of the story and my daughter. And the wedding at Cana, you had the problem, you had the water, the, the, the wine was running out. The crisis, the actions that was taken changed, filled the water jugs up. And then at the end of the story, the master, uh, said, this is great wine. Thanks for bringing the, bring out the best for last. And then there's the content. What are the, the next C is the content. I really think every story should teach you something. You know, it's one thing to have kind of bullet points, boom, boom, boom. And that's, I, believe in that kind of teaching from time to time. But bullet points, which are a part of a story, are an important part of a thing as well. So what are the kind of bullet points? One to three, maybe as many as five points, but usually three is kind of a magic number. What are the points you want to get across? Uh, for me, it was about uh, the points I wanted people to consider is what I call the ACTS plan, the ACTS plan. Taking action is the A, the C to connect with a higher power, The T to think with discipline and the S is to serve others with love. And I did that in the process of my story. Then what I did to change myself and what I believe I can teach you as well. And for Jesus, it was, you know, what's the timing issue? What is the timing issue? When should Jesus be revealed? What obedience? The mother, the mom said to the servants, be obedient to Jesus. And then there is saving the best for last. There's these three points in what Jesus taught, uh, taught about. Then there is, uh, you know, then there, the last C of my, what I want to share with you today is then the connect to action. This is your call to action or your connect to action. That's the, the C there. What are you going to do to transform your life now? For me, my transformation took place in those two or three months prior to the wedding when I got focused and got it done and it sent my life into a new direction. For Jesus in his story, what does it say? It says that this, you know, this changed the water into wine, was saving the best for last. And it goes on to say that this was the first of signs through which Jesus's glory was revealed. So I share these things with you to give you a little teaching moment here. To understand that uh, you you can do some cool things in your life as well, I know that you can. I know I know I know that you can do that, and I'm here to help you. Here at the Beyond the Adversity podcast, I'm all about helping teach you to have these exodus moments, these moments when you uh, have a place and time to take some action in your life. At drbradmiller.com, I have over 230 episodes of this podcast, which are all about helping to teach you how to develop a plan and a process by learning from the experiences of other people as they have overcome some adversity in their life, the adversity that, you know, people, uh, I call it the five D's of adversity, and people have almost, you know, all these, the five D's are depression, mental health-related things, divorce, things related to relationships, a disease, things related to health-related matters, debt, financial-related matters, and death, end-of-life issues, or grief, those type of things. Loss of a loved one. Dramatic, profound stories almost always have some element of those things going on, but people get stuck. I almost got stuck, and I almost reacted in a bad way by being a dadzilla, because I'd seen it before. I've seen bridezillas and momzillas in weddings before, and I did not want to go there. I wasn't going to go there, but it can happen. You know that, that it can happen. So I'm committed to helping you get through things. In fact, uh, through my years of ministry, I was able to be helpful to a lot of people and a lot of people helped me. And then I also went and got a doctoral degree. My, I'm a doctor of ministry in transformational leadership. That helps me as well to kind of know the academics and the, and the, the parts, the, the parts of this, you know, the content parts and the processes, because that's what I'm really all about, creating a doable process for you. That's why I have the ACTS plan, the ACTS plan, and you can always go to drbradmeller.com and find the starter guide to the ACTS plan. The A is to take action. The C in the word ACTS is to connect with a higher power, that's your spiritual life. The T in the word Action is to think with discipline, that's your process itself. And the S is to serve others with love. That's what I'm seeking to do here, friends, to show my love for you, by offering you this process. So I hope that you'll be with me. Stick with me every week as we go through teaching and leadership and guidance, be helpful. You and we're going to tell great stories. Tell great stories, compelling stories, compassionate stories, stories which have a good composition and have a content that is worth worth listening to and could call you to action. So your action today is this. And here is what I really want you to do. I want you to think about your compelling exodus story. What is the thing that you need to overcome? What is the adversity that you are facing you need to overcome? And if you have a story that you've dealt with it, great. If you're living the story right now, get on with it, okay? But the idea of having your story is to find that compelling thing that you want to conquer to get through, to define it, and to Complete your story. And to do this part of what I'm talking about here, to have your story, to consider what the problem is, to have a compassionate connection, the emotional piece. What's the composed piece? How do you put it together? And what's the content? What do people need to learn from you? And what can you do? In the Bible, it talks about, you know, the children of Israel were in slavery in Egypt. Moses saw the burning bush that was his moment, then they went on to the promised land through the exodus, their action, okay, and I believe they went to the promised land, and I believe you can have your promised life, okay, Your promised life, which is which is your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. That's your aha moment, that's your moment like when I had with my daughter when when she said, "Dad, this is the greatest day of my life." My heart soared like it's Almost never saw before. It's like when Jesus turned the water into wine and the master said, you saved the best for last. Let's work on this together. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. You can always go to drbradmiller.com for more information on what I'm all about. If you've got a story to share with me, I'd love to hear it. Let me know. You can email me at brad at drbradmiller.com or to make some contacts through drbradmiller.com. Been great to be with you. My good people, we're going to come back with you next week with another great interview. Cliff Ravenscraft, Cliff Ravenscraft is going to be with us uh, on our next series of interviews to talk about a mindset, your mindset for transformation. And I'll be to tell more stories as well. And we're all about helping you to grow through what you go through and have a transformation in your life to help you to achieve peace, prosperity and purpose. I'm here to be helpful to you. I love you. And I'll see you next time here on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Until next time, good people, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you, as always, to all the good that you can.
1: Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.